Good morning, Pharmacy Podcast listeners and Pharmacy Podcast Nation. I say the nation, I say the world, because right now, as we all know, we're going through a horrific uh, worldwide global health crisis for patient safety. My sister Judith, who's on the phone, is in Israel, and we're going to do a bagels with uh, with a global perspective of uh, coronavirus and how it's impacting our life but also keeping the fact that to make it panicking and to create an anxiety level that is beyond the, the, the scope of what we really don't know is only going to make things worse. So uh, a, each of us has to put common sense and take precautions and do things that really um, are just going to hopefully minimize the spread and minimize the, um, you know, the, the, the horrific uh, uh, impact of this uh, virus. So I want to welcome my sister Judith from Israel. Judy, how are you t- today? I'm I'm good. You know, I'm holding up under all of this, uh, you know, extra stress and maybe uncertainty of uh, what the future holds and how long this will be challenging us. Uh, you know, everyone's on edge. Basically, Prime Minister Netanyahu sort of shut down the country, the airports are shut down, Uh, all of the schools are shut down, Uh, all of the entertainment, the movie theater, all of the arts, uh, all of the uh, cafes and restaurants, Um, and people are advised uh, to... Stay calm, but stay at home. Uh, 55,000 Israelis are in home isolation for two weeks. Um, it's, uh, it's a kind of war that we've never had to fight a war like this in the history of the country. So it's, uh, it's unsettling. <laughs> a thousand doctors are in isolation. Um, and it's a, a day-by-day basis. Well, let's talk, let's, let's talk about a couple of things because uh, everything that goes on at this point affects everyone in the world because uh, Absolutely. You know, gl- this is a global pandemic. So you know, we, we've heard, I'll give you the perspective from, from here, from the United States, of course, I guess the first country that you know, we'll say was uh, uh, identified as a, as a hotbed was, uh, was Italy. And uh, you know, again, the shutdown or the, the um, I guess, the mandated, um, you know, s- scenarios in that in that country where that people were told that they had to stay home. It wasn't it wasn't their own decision and that they were told outside of uh, emergency uh, activities. They were they were mandated for that isolation and to stay home and to quarantine. So it, it wasn't a, a personal, um, you know, decision no. on their part. It was actually mandated by the government. And, uh, and then just recently, uh, um, I, again, on from the global perspective that we've heard here, Spain was then uh, identified as that. So, um, I, you know, we haven't, I haven't heard that as a nation, Israel has been put on mandatory, um, you know, mandatory guidelines. But you're saying that people have been told or asked uh, to be a, a quarantine. Now, is it a, is it a their own are they told by doing these are people who have come into contact so that the healthcare system right. has identified right. them. 
However, right. however, the the country, as I understand it, hasn't been put on the the mandated government quarantine where it's like you don't have a choice. Is that correct? That's correct. Um, although the people who were identified as having come in contact with a car or with someone who's ill and need to be in two weeks of quarantine, um, if they go out of that quarantine, a pol- the police come to their house. You said something interesting about the medical team, that, that part of the Israeli medical system, uh, whether is it through them coming into contact with coronavirus that they've been also quarantined? Is a portion of your health well, system? Well, some, some of them have, like a thousand doctors. I just saw today on the news, <laughs> a thousand doctors have been affected in a valid quarantine. Uh, obviously, they cut into much more of contact, you know, treating patients. But uh, their quarantine, the two-week quarantine, is mandatory. The right. people who've been exposed are certainly sick. What um, is test? What's going on testing-wise there? How? What have you? What do you see? What do you hear? What do you know about uh, the the movements to test? Are they testing? How yes, is that going? They te- they, we have the tests available. And um, now they say that don't go to the hospital unless you're really seriously high with fever. They have the, um, uh, the squall bunker. It's like the, an ambulance service. Um, they come to your house and they'll check your temperature and to see if you need to go to the hospital or you could be um, treated by them at home because they don't want the hospitals to be overwhelmed. Right. So really within your system um, of, of health care, uh, before you go to the doctor, and is this a normal, is this the normal scenario where someone would come no, to your house? This is, now, normal this is implemented. The normal scenario is you go to your family doctor, and they'll refer you to a clinic. We have, you know, um, emergency clinics or to the hospital. Right. Um, but this is a very unusual situation. Yeah, this is, I, I, I've been referring to this, it's like the new normal. I mean, there is no normal. That word no. has kind of gone away from our vocabulary, from our life. And uh, so in this situation, uh, Israel is proactively going to the patient's home to identify whether the symptoms are coronavirus related when the specific high fevers or cough or, uh, or, or shortness of breath, as opposed to perhaps a regular flu system. I mean, does Israel, do you, do you suffer from a, a flu season? Is it uh, a similar as a, um, in the United well, States? Well, I, I got a pneumonia shot, flu shot, um, but this is, something different. Right. It has nothing to do with no, it. No, right. But people sometimes who they feel, you know, the uh, some of the symptoms, because there's such panic and such 
you know, you know, when 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 you and I were growing up, when uh, when things would happen, you know, you'd hear about them, you'd read about them in the New York Times or or on Walter Cronkite, and you know, on on, on the news at six o'clock. But because of social media and because of the dynamics of communication, there is so much information out there, and you know. Uh, again, information is is it means is powerful and it's it's good, but there's so much misinformation out there, and, and and we're all confused because we don't know. You know, I was talking to um you know to Amy uh, the other day, and and again, people uh, may be under the perspective uh, the uh, you know the understanding that if you get this virus, you know you die. You know, like there's there's nothing nothing to stop right, you from dying. Yeah, that's not true. Right. People are recovering from it. The people who are in the most vulnerable um, uh, groups are people over 60. Like here, they closed, um, they sealed off uh, nursing homes and senior residents. You can't visit um, because they don't want that vulnerable group of, of people to be possibly exposed to the virus. Right. Um, you know, I'm more careful about where I go now and, and not being in crowds. And, um, you know, it, it cramps, I can't say it doesn't cramp my style. It does. But, um, you know, I'm more conscious of it. Well, let's talk about that because really that's where today the bulk of our, our thoughts are, is it's it's what do you do when you're, you haven't been officially quarantined, you haven't been told what to do. Now, I, I tell Ronnie and I, I tell, you know, people and I said, you know, the thing about this is that is that when things are mandated or regulated or or you're told to do something, that's what you do. Then, then like you say, in Israel, if someone goes out of the house, if, we're, if they were told to be in quarantine, they're breaking the law or they're breaking the, the guy. So, you know, for me at this point, because we have not been quarantined officially, but, you know, mentally you feel that you need right. to take that extra precaution. And like you said, to think about you know, the risk and the reward, there, you know, there isn't a reward that, that is, you know, big enough to say putting your life at risk or, you know, being in a situation where whatever you do would impact the lives of others because of the spread of this. So um, when you're not told to quarantine or you're told to stay home, I guess the the common sense, and I think that's something that's not common in normal life, it's even less common now. There is no common sense. You just don't know. When toilet paper isn't available, you know, you say, okay, I'm going to go run and look and look for toilet paper. But again, going into, um, you know, supermarkets or drugstores or places that, that doesn't have, that doesn't have food that don't have uh, toilet paper or canned goods because people are hoarding and bringing, you know, bringing that, you know, to a panic level, you've already put yourself into a environment where there's a lot of people mulling around uh, and you're not even going to get what you went for, which is to try and get the toilet paper. So it's 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 a it's a horrible way to live, but I always like to say, you know, living is better than the alternative, which I can't I can't imagine is is better than than living. Living is 
kind of what I know for 65 plus years. And, uh, you know, the alternative, nobody really can speak about because, you know, they don't speak. So um, the, the, the issue today is the unknown and the fact that nobody knows. And even the healthcare uh, practitioners, a press release came out to this morning from CMS, which is, of course, the governing body, you know, for Medicare and Medicaid and, 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 and the healthcare system in the United States. And what they did was basically they issued a, based on the fact that the president has issued a state of emergency in the United States, right. um, they, it, it opened up the, you know, kind of the toolkit of the emergency action plans that uh, were kind of just sitting in the books for years. But now they sadly get to be implemented. So what it what it does in general, and I posted on our Facebook page. Uh, you know, I don't have many friends on Facebook, but uh, at least I did it. Is it it really it really uh, kind of breaks down all of the barriers that traditionally were there about physicians being able to uh, provide care and not worry that they uh, if they're caring for a, a, a patient in a different state. Of course, if they were doing it for Medicaid, they couldn't do it. Well, now they can. Anyway, these right. are these are minutia points, but they're huge because what it allows uh, to happen, in my opinion, is to mobilize and unite the entire infrastructure of our country with the singular in, focus. In of, yeah, in with the United it, States is massive. It's massive with a singular purpose with the united purpose of providing the care for people who are getting this virus. And, and to me, you know, through, through that, that's the only thing that I hold on to hope to see that we are all coming together. It's not about, you know, individual, it's about the unity of the, the okay. fact that we must, must, must um, come together. And little, little things like, um, I, I don't, feel comfortable going, you know, to the doctor's office, you know, where I do my, uh, you know, my concierge pharmacist. Uh, right, right. However, however, as a care provider, which I do believe we are as pharmacists, and we certainly do in that, in that environment, you know, a healthcare provider, you know, it's not like you can say, okay, oh, there are people. I quit. To, yeah, I quit, I quit. I quit. However, however, well, what I'm doing in my time there, because quite honestly, not people, not, not as many people come in. Why would you go to the doctor for an for a normal wellness checkup when you know you don't need to? I mean, you know, Leia had uh, a little fever, our little granddaughter, and you know, you go to the doctor's office. You don't want to be with other people who potentially but could be, might be sick or sick. Right? Yeah, but again, in in the old days, it used to be yeah, you didn't want to go to the pediatrician and get sick. Uh, you know, with another kid in the in the room, but now actually they made house calls. When we grew up, I remember the doctors made house calls. Right, but the whole the, the house calls. Today well, well, that's, a, well that's not true. You know, again, we're you know just to get on a sidebar. I mean, Thursday, uh, you know, we're meeting with Doctor Cohen, who is uh, you know another concierge physician, literally to talk about the concierge approach of having a pharmacist go with Doctor Cohen. He does fifty or sixty house calls you know, right uh, in, you know, right around his, uh, his practice. So he is a personalized physician and we're, we're going to be going there with pharmacists so that we can actually uh -huh. provide better care. But the point I was making is that 
And years ago, you would not want to go to the doctor's office because you might catch the little right. sniffles or whatever. But now when you don't go to the doctor's office, it's not like you're going to catch, you know, a flu or a, or, a, or a cough. You know, this is something that you don't know if the parent of that child or the child themselves is a carrier because we just don't know what well, we don't know. Right. But anyway, I, I think I think outreach to people who need help is a critical part of this. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I mean by that. Uh, at Dr. Goodman's office, whether in practice, whether I'm going to be in the office or not, I've started to call patients just to call them. And again, just to say, you know, hope you're doing okay. I just want to let you know, we're thinking of you. We want to, is there anything that you need? I mean, there are, there are homebound people who may not be able to get, uh, you know, their medication. So I said, well, can, right. can we call CBS for you? Because you know, now CBS is delivering, you know, medications and they've, they've waived all their delivery charges and all the major, um, pharmacy chains, you know, you know, I, I, I you know, go on the shows and I talk how bad they are. Well, today, you know, you talk about how united the, uh, you know, the, the unity of Walgreens and CBS and Target and things, they're going to use their parking lots portions of them to do drive-through testing. And all of them on the White House lawn were talking about how we're together going to do what, what we can. So I think the message that that I'm trying to wrap my arms around myself, because obviously I'm, I'm, I'm concerned, I'm a high-risk, uh, uh, you know, patient with asthma and, uh, and you know, and scenarios. And you, you, I just feel that by trying to embrace this fact that we're all in this together and you can help others by just having common sense and trying to keep things calm because the anxiety, I can only imagine the additional issues and problems that are going to occur as a result of this, even as it evolves about people who are going to need more help and more care. Not, and not, those are the people who don't get the virus which are going to be the bulk of the people who, who get through this process. Sadly, people but will... there are a lot of economic implications. Uh, people um, have been laid off, like um, laid off a huge number of people. Um, now, um, the hotel, some hotels are closing. They're uh, affecting the rail and the public system. Um Netanyahu said now only groups of 10. On Friday it was 100. Now it's down to 10 people in the same room. So everything really is canceled. Um, most gatherings have more than 10 people. Um, and and what, how are you going to get your food? Uh, um, and for me, personally, this is the first time in, in all of my, you know, 71 years of traveling around the globe, I have the feeling that if I had to get to New York, let's say to see you or for some, anything, emergency, I couldn't get a plane. <laughs> They're not flying. You know, I always knew that no matter what, I could use my credit card or call mom and dad when they were alive to get me a ticket. And now, you know, 
I couldn't get a ticket. I couldn't get a plane there. And the United States has closed off a plane. It's a, a little weird feeling uh, for me. I, I don't like it, actually. Well, no one would like <laughs> it. No one would like it, but, but. Oh, Again, control. Yeah, well, it, it's out of our control. Of course, the, you know, just the, the the definition of pandemic is that you can't, you know, it, it's just, it is out of control. So what we need to do is we put whatever controls we could possibly put into by limiting uh, hotbeds of, of, of countries. And again, if, if there's if there's such an outbreak in the, in the European markets, why would those European um, possible carriers be well be be brought into the country so you know this isn't no, about- i understand it on, i understand it on an intellectual level it makes perfect sense but emotionally for me it's a very weird situation for everybody uh, for everybody and my point yeah. my point is that the emotion the the anxiety the panic uh the fact that right. that normalcy is not around anymore will impact nope. will impact and again, it's the high-risk patients, the elderly patients who don't get infected, who don't die, thankfully, who don't have this process. Their life has changed today. And what happens is when your life changes and your medications and your disease states and your thing, all those things can't be managed correctly, uh, it's going to make it difficult, more difficult for them. So they're going to need more help. So even when we get through, and we will, and get into yeah, a control situation good. with coronavirus, I think the healthcare system will again be over overworked by trying to take care of the elderly population, which we don't do a great job as well. I mean, we 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 struggle to get people to That's take right. their medication, to get it, to afford it, all those other things. So. You know, we we feel that we by coming together and now as pharmacists with the healthcare system, you know, I, I wrote a letter to or an email to the uh, the CEO of the um, uh, AACP, which is the group of pharmacy schools, pharmacy. universities. No, all the American universities, all the, all the no, not pharm- It's not an association of pharmacists. This is the association of all of the colleges of pharmacy and universities who ah. train. They're the ones who put, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of pharmacists through the education to make them, you know, to give them their degrees and things like that. Right. And, and right. I, I said that our company and our, our team would, would put pharmacists with physicians to help the patients now going forward who are dealing with the emotional stress, the, the, the medication challenges, all of the other things. I can't deal with coronavirus. I can't, I, I, you know, I can't, but, but, but we can help patients who are going, everyone's affected. Now, when I, there, is a, there are bright lights, and I don't want this to be, you know, things like that. When you hear about uh, medication therapies, not a lot of people know that there are, when you, God forbid, you, you're contracted and you go into a hospital, it's not like they sit you in a in a ward and don't watch you or don't do anything and wait for you to die. Uh, there are therapies now. Uh, there, some of the antiviral HIV drugs um, have been uh, right. utilized and showing uh, showing good positive uh, uh, response. So a lot of people are using an old drug uh, that actually came over from China that they were doing testing where use a drug called Plaquenil, 
which was used for malaria and things like that. And what happens is they're trying to stop the passage of that person from cell to cell to, to stop the growth within that person so he or she doesn't die. And I also saw something yesterday. It was forwarded to me by my friend uh, Stu Pastrich, who you know. Um, and, uh-huh. and, it, and it indicated that in Israel, in the Migal Galay Research Institution, they are now, now working on and, and, and actively, not just starting from research, they actually now are going to go into production of a, a COVID-19 a coronavirus vaccine in an oral form because they had created over the last several years something for their a bronchial coronavirus, something that specifically was dealing it. And this is, you know, something that I, I, I saw very interesting. There was something called an IBV. It's a vaccine that was proven to be effective for the coronavirus specific to its bronchial, um, you know, manifestations. So they have broken out that gene, that gene set of that particular vaccine and now are in production for a specific coronavirus uh, vaccine that would actually be an oral, an oral vaccine, not even like a flu shot. So, you know, that is as a healthcare provider. Um, well, again, you don't know what you don't know. They're already in clinical trials with this product. They're already doing those things. They're already ramping up for uh, production. The, the manufacturer of the HIV drugs uh, is already ramping up. They've already spent tens and hundreds of millions of dollars to advance the production of that drug. So the only thing that I you know, draw some hope in is the fact that we can't change what we can't change and we can't stop the spread of this virus. But when you see the healthcare industry mobilizing, the pharmaceutical industry mobilizing, the, the government behind you know, this process and CMS, you have to have some hope that this is not going to be the end of the world. And yes, no, I don't believe it's and again, be yes, the if the shortage of toilet paper and, and canned goods and things like that create the additional stress and strain and problems, I mean, we used to, we get uh, our deliveries even before coronavirus from a fair way across the street. Well, when we placed our order, they can't deliver it today because they have to deliver it tomorrow because there's such an overflow. And what we get is probably a fraction of what we order. It is, it is what it is. We just have to deal with it and keep common sense. So anyway, this was not your typical bagels with conversation, but I really want to, I really want to thank you, Judy, because you know, the global perspective of what we're all going through, having someone in Israel, you know, and being able to talk like we always do on Sundays on Bagels With, to kind of share insights that we're all, you know, this is, this reaches across your community, your nation, your our world. And, uh, you know, we're, we're in a time that nobody has ever, ever, ever lived through and can yeah. say, hey, this is the way it works. And let's just, you know, this is, here's the pathway. We don't know what it is. So uh, every day, it, you know, so anyway, I've been talking a lot. And, uh, uh, you know, they do say that to ease the feeling of isolation for some of the elderly, it's um, important to reach out a telephone, um, to have some kind of contact, not in, not physical contact or personal, but um, do the 
internet or so that they don't feel so isolated. Um, you got to pick up a phone. If you and I weren't doing um, Bagels With... And no, I was, I was planning to call you. Of course, of course. Doing yeah, so like on Friday, you know, there are a number of patients at Dr. Goodman who, of course, I've gotten to know and they've gotten to know me. And one of them was Michelle, and I called her on Friday just to see how she was doing. You know, she's a little elderly. She's got a multiple, mm-hmm. multiple, uh, uh, you know, issues with her inhaler. She actually, you know, has problems paying for them and all this other stuff. So I called to see how she was doing, and I didn't realize she had actually. I was a six one six three one number. The, for the call, phone call, she's already moved. You know, she moved to Florida. You know, so because we yeah. hadn't, I hadn't been in touch. But again, she really appreciated the outreach. And you're right; it's just. I mean, I, I don't know how many, you know, elderly people, you know, go on uh, Twitter, but, you know, it's not about internet. It's about sometime, you know, going, let's go back to basics. Pick up a phone, right. pick up a phone and call okay. someone and let them know that you're thinking about them and that you're hoping that everything is okay. And that if God forbid right. there's something that you could do, hey, you do what you can to do. But just that phone call. So I'm going to be burning up the phones uh, next week. Uh, whether I'm in Dr. Goodman's office, actually, or whether I'm doing it by home, just to say everybody to see and make sure we're all together. So anyway, we have, we have, we have just we're, a couple we're minutes. We're in this together right. as part of the world, of humanity. Right. And, um, you know, I, I believe we'll get through it. Um, but it's going to take uh, changing things about how we live our lives. Right. And, um our you show know, is, our show is coming. Our show today is coming to an end. I love you. We can obviously talk every day, not Sunday only. And to our listeners, we will be back with you next week. And it'll be bagels with and more conversation with my sister Judith. So have a wonderful and day. Make sure they wash and stay their safe hands and wash your hands and be precautious and use good common sense. Have a wonderful day. <laughs>